0: We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every Wednesday and Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, fantasy gold, and more. College and NFL, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast.
1: Ball is spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... It's
0: going on! They'll jump in! trouble. Here
1: comes the rush, and here's the hit.
0: Oh. And a run. Second down and ten. Oh, what a hit! You can't do that, the quarterback. You can't fight. The forty. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The twenty. They're chasing him. They're not gonna get him. Waving his arms. Aaron tested, Somebody stop You're that Jump Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mutes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL
1: football. Here is Sideline to Sideline.
0: Welcome back into Sideline to Sideline the podcast. I am your host Aaron Mukes. Back with us this week, my boy David Gonzalez. What's up David? Where you been, man? Man, I'm excited to be here as always.
1: Uh, it's been a wild couple of days, and we're talking about fantasy implications due to big injuries like Kenyon Drake. We're talking about Odell Beckham, everyone's love interest
0: of the last couple of years. What are we gonna do, people? What are we gonna do? I don't know, man. Week eight. We're ha- we're halfway through the regular season, about um a little bit more than halfway. Um, of the fantasy football season, as far as the regular season goes, and we definitely had some key injuries that we need to talk about today, and we're we're that's where we're going to start the show. We we've seen some injuries, we've seen some COVID-related illness stuff, as far as keeping players out, but this weekend there was some big big-time news. Um, Odell Beckham, who didn't record a single catch in the game against the Cincinnati Bengals, went out with the torn ACL. It was confirmed today. And he is done for the year. So there's no more Odell. We saw a Kenyon Drake um, siding against the Cowboys. And then a week later against the Seattle Seahawks, he looks to have torn ligaments in his ankle. We saw Chris Carson in that same game go down with a, a foot sprain that they're unsure of the severity. We saw Aaron Jones, who was scratched just before game time with a calf injury. It's not said to be serious, but he didn't play. And then we saw Joe Mixon, who had an injury as well, who also sat out the game this Sunday. And if you notice the theme there, that's four big-time running backs, four big-time top first, first-second-round picks. Um, and we warned everybody this could happen. It always does with running backs. But there is good news. Uh, Dalvin Cook is supposed to return this week, and Christian McCaffrey is practicing again. So, David, talk about these injuries. When you're looking now um, – at your team and evaluating what you want to do going forward. How are you kind of preparing yourself to deal with this last stretch of uh, playoff run and get your position team's position to get into the playoffs and make a deep run uh, for a championship?
1: Yeah. So I, I think that right now more than ever, we're in mm-hmm. the midst of the, the middle of the season. Uh, the second half is approaching fast, if not already here, and it's going to be another narrative. If we're talking about guys like Odell Beckham going down there, you need a, a replacement player. You know, Jarvis Landry didn't do much, but we saw that Rashard Higgins, he's going to apple a Baker Mayfield's eye. He got um, six catches. He did quite a, quite a few with that those opportunities. And it looks like his role is going to be there. He's an the outside spot and Baker Mayfield loves that connection with him. If we're talking about, Chase Edmonds, it looks like, you know, he's going to be the clear-cut back and what everyone thought Kenyon Drake was going to be this year. Chase Edmonds, go get him. Um, If we're talking about somebody like a Mike Davis, I hope you enjoyed it while it lasts because Christian McCaffrey's on his way back. So if it's not this game, it's next game, and you can go ahead and, you know, kiss that easy – couple of uh 20 plus point games away because it's christian McCaffrey season again um if we're talking about running backs we've already been promoting and now we're seeing the fruition of you know antonio gibson Uh, i want i want to say a quick word about him because we we talked about him early on in the season when we saw that some of these other players were cut and man did he produce he went out there and racked up over 100 yards he scored a touchdown, making big plays all over the floor, all over the, all over the field. It, it was just one of those things that, wow, we, I hope you guys were listening to us early on in the season because if you picked him up, you're really counting your dollars right now. You're counting your blessings because it looks like he's just going to keep on producing. Uh, another one of those nuggets that happened this week, in addition to um, an NFC West team, was a uh, key player went out, was Philip uh, Lindsey. Uh, wow melvin gordon owners are probably nodding their head like yes yes he's got a second chance from the lord above because he had a dui what a couple days ago philip Lindsay ran came in ran for over 100 yards and we thought melvin gordon might be dead in the water well wow philip Lindsay out next week um and it looks like it's melvin gordon's backfield for the foreseeable future which is very interesting Clyde Edwards, Hilar, and Le'Veon Bell. Man, it looked like both of them were getting about the same amount of touches. Um, but honestly, Clyde edwards Hilar is looking like a much better runner. But Le'Veon Bell came in, he ran a lot of pass routes. He, I think, he had about almost the same number of touches going into the third, the fourth quarter, and then Hilar came in and finished it off to get that game, which makes sense. But I wouldn't be surprised if. Andy Reid lets Le'Veon Bell go crazy against the Jets next week, week eight for everybody. So um, I'm I'm looking at that backfield with a side eye. Like, is it gonna be this week where Le'Veon Bell takes takes over? And it's these questions and more. Um, so what are your thoughts on some of these things? And I know we we saw Carlos Hyde come in and take over for Chris Carson. Uh, we've also kind of known Chris Carson to be like a Wolverine. It seems like he, he gets injured and then he's back. He gets yeah. injured and he's back. Yeah. And he yeah. puts up 20 points. He's like Wolverine,
0: man, he heals. What do yeah. you think, man? Yeah, no doubt. Um, the the Le'Veon Bell-Clyde-Edwards-Elair thing is, is pretty um, interesting, mainly because the Chiefs – it was just a weird game. I mean, they blew out the Broncos, but if you look at the offensive numbers by the Chiefs, there weren't any that stood out, mainly because you had a pick six for a touchdown. You had a kickoff return for a touchdown. It was in the snow. It was really hard to gauge what they wanted to do offensively um, I was actually impressed with Le'Veon and how he ran the ball. And actually, when he came in and he ran pass routes, I was kind of impressed with the way he was moving. I think there's a kind of a renewed energy there. Um, you know, you go from a losing situation to a team that's probably the Super Bowl favorite. And it's, it's hard not to to come in and have that energy. Um, I agree with you on one thing. I think next week, if you have Le'Veon Bell in your roster, I think it would be a good idea to start him against the Jets. I think Andy Reid is going to give him an opportunity to show out against his old team and even if that going forward, um, the the return is not what it is next week, I think next week he's going to get an opportunity to produce a uh, big time fantasy value. And if I was going to play him, it would be next week. The, the Chris Carson thing is, is a, is a bit perplexing to me because you're right. He always tends to come back, but it does get frustrating as a fantasy owner when you leave games and, and then, you know, you see him on the sideline laughing, like, okay, you know, I'm, I know I'm okay. Like I know I'm, it's not a serious injury, but I can't get on the field. Sometimes that's frustrating as a fantasy owner. The only thing I can say was is go out at this point in the season. If you got big time backs and if you have roster space, start picking up these handcuffs and um, you know, perfect. Good. A good example of this was uh, in one of our leagues that we play in. I made a deal, got my homes. And then the first thing I went and did was pick up Jamal Williams. Cause I have Aaron Jones picked up Carlos Hyde because I have Chris Carson. And then we also picked up uh, Giovanni Bernard. And it was funny because the very next day I find out I have to play Giovanni Bernard and Jonathan Williams because Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon are out. So um, it's a good time to start preparing for that stuff. What you don't want to have happen is head into the playoffs, a playoff game show up. And and then one of these big time handcuffs is starting for a team. And now you find them on somebody else's team, maybe an opponent. And so – I recommend going to pick those guys up. If you have to get rid of guys that are at the end of your bench that you were waiting for, um, the J.K. Dobbins of the world who might not be uh, producing this year at a certain value, then you might just have to let that happen. Um, Transitioning to the waiver wire targets. I want to get into waiver wires this week because there's going to be a lot of activity, obviously, due to the injuries. Um, On the show last week, we discussed the Tua Tagovailoa situation in Miami, so I want to know kind of what are your top targets this week as far as waiver wire targets. I'm, I'm leaning towards Tua obviously being a heavy favorite because, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was producing in that offense and Tua is supposed to be more talented. Obviously he's young, but Tua is supposed to be more talented. So I'm looking at him. I'm looking at guys like Gus Edwards, who uh, we're not sure about the Mark Ingram injury yet. And I still think I would go Gus Edwards before J.K. Dobbins, but maybe, maybe you take a flyer on both. Obviously, if nobody's picked up Jamal Williams, Giovanni Bernard, or Carlos Hyde, those guys. But then we also saw uh, Sterling Shepard come back for the Giants. And he was rostered in less than 40% of leagues going into last week. And I thought that was weird because he's obviously shown to be talented. And then we saw him. He had a nice day against Philadelphia. So um, he's actually one of my top waiver wire target ads of the week. Um, do you have any that stand out? and what, where, where are you kind of going with those, uh, with those waivers this week?
1: So, actually, uh, an interesting one, and you got to kind of read between the lines. It didn't look like Jarek McKinnon was getting too much work in the 49er game. And with the loss of Jeff Wilson, who scored three touchdowns and was being utilized all over the field, it looks like Jermichael Hasty might be a a sneaky ad, Um, especially in Dynasty. I had him early on in a couple of my Dynasty leagues. I cut the bait early, and I I think – the, over the last several weeks, I've picked them up. But um, if I don't have him, I'm going to go grab him because it looks like he's going to get some opportunities because I don't think they're trying to work Jarek McKinnon into the ground, those 49ers right now. And they're definitely still going to be too back reliant, regardless. So, Jamichael Hasty is one. I, I talked about Rashard Higgins being the Browns wide receiver. Um, I, I'm also going to mention... A name like LaMichael Perrine. That's probably one of my favorite ads this week. And it's going to be because the Jets are, what, 0-7 right now, 0-6? Yeah,
0: who knows? They're shitty. They're bad.
1: And and they're not getting any younger, and they're not <clears throat> getting any better. Um, D- Sam Darnold's job looks like it's up for grabs at this point. And it looks like Frank Gore, you know, as much as we want to see him, you know, tumbling along for 40 yards and, and 15 touches – um, they have to see what they have and they have to give opportunities. And with LaMichael Perrine being out there and having, I think, what do you have? Maybe 13 to 15 touches this past week.
0: Yeah, he, 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 t- he touched the ball quite a bit, Um, quite more than I thought he would. He had, and he, he had, had a 11 goal carries. line rush. Yeah, he had 11 carries and he had two catches Um, and he scored so the touchdown. touches.
1: Yeah, 13 touches with it. one touchdown. Um, that just goes to show me that you know, they're going to keep utilizing him, And if it's not a split, I think LaMichael Perrine will be getting the majority of the options. And, man, I think they're, they're playing the Chiefs next week. So, they're yeah. going to have to throw the ball a little bit, just a tad, right, against the Kansas City football Chiefs. They're <laughs> going to have to just throw the ball just a tad. And when Perriman, who has been getting knocked around and Crowder, who you know, in and out of the lineup, Herndon, who can't seem to get open – and has lost his uh, taste with uh, the great coach, Adam Gase, who's still hired. Um, Michael Perrine is going to see some opportunities. So you guys may want to go grab him before his value skyrockets over the last several weeks. He could be one of those players that is putting up Boston Scott numbers. And that's my next target too. If you guys haven't already done so, Um, you know, Philadelphia Eagles are kind of mum about their injuries. They're kind of weird about how they, put information out there and Boston Scott who produced 18 fantasy football points in PPR he had a touch game winning touchdown I don't think that they rush back Miles Sanders of course um, who is their main feature back Um, I think Boston Scott gets another go-ahead and I think he has a juicy matchup too and against the Dallas Cowboys so that'll be interesting
0: yeah, I think I think the the Boston Scott. If you have the Philadelphia Eagles players this week, this is a week you're definitely playing. Um, we've we saw what Washington did to to Dallas. We saw you talked about Antonio Gibson. We saw Terry McLaurin. Uh, we saw Logan Thomas get in the end zone. Kyle Allen looked like the next Tom Brady against uh, the the Dallas Cowboys. So if you have the Philadelphia Eagles, laughable, laughable effort. It's yeah, it's it's bad right now in Dallas, and I'd be I'd be taking advantage of those matchups. So Carson Wentz, Boston Scott, Travis Fulgham, uh, whoever the tight end is, whether it's uh, Dallas Goddard if he comes back or Richard Rogers, um, I would definitely be taking advantage of these. There is there's talks that Jalen Rager is supposed to be back, which is interesting to me since Deshaun Jackson just got hurt again. That could be somebody to watch. And then speaking about the Jets, um, I wanted to bring up another rookie in Denzel Mims who. We finally seen play and you. everybody knows how excited I was about Denzel Mims. I had him on a lot of different dynasty teams and, and um, even some redraft teams and he went four for 42, which doesn't jump out at you, but he did see a team high seven, seven targets. And, um, and again, this was, this game was close. So it wasn't like it was a game that was a blowout. Um, which most of their games have been. So he could see, you know, even a more target share going forward, especially if Jamison Crowder misses um, an extended period of time. And then the last one, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. We have watched DeAndre Swift continue to get more and more playing time. And his his actually percentage of snaps has gone up over the past three weeks from 37 all the way up to 46% of the snaps. And they're getting him involved. He had nine carries. He saw five targets. Um, and again, he's, uh, he had a touchdown again, that's two weeks in a row. I think he is going to start taking control of that backfield in Detroit because I think they know that he's the most talented back there. All right. So one thing I wanted to talk about was these rookie quarterbacks, uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and kind of what we see as, as far as, or what do you see as far as them going forward? Who would you rather have on your squad? Um, I know watching Herbert, man, he looks, he looks like a stud. But Burrow, Burrow, there is something about Burrow, man. I, I I was on him early, but he continues to make plays, but he just hasn't been able to win or finish games. Uh what, what do you what are your thoughts about where these two finish and which quarterback would you rather have rest of the season? So I'm gonna go with Herbert,
1: and my reasoning is similar to yours. I haven't seen Joe Burrow start fast. He's always playing from behind. And to me, that's kind of similar to what Daniel Jones. We got kind of infatuated with Daniel Jones and and I'm seeing Burrow, Daniel Jones vibes. He's got the ability to make these throws, but he's always playing from behind. He's never producing wins. And I'm not, it's early in the season, but I'm just seeing that, you know, he's getting – he's not where Herbert is in terms of making big plays and big moments and putting his team in position to win games. Yeah, he's he's been – not had the most – fantastic people around him to make plays. But at the same time, I've seen Herbert make some outstanding throws and big moments, whether it was um, end of the game, beginning of the game. He's playing against, to me, you know, uh, he's playing against the Chiefs. He's playing against Tom Brady. He's, and he's doing this with uh, it seems like an easy transition. So I'm going to go Herbert, but I'm going to leave this conversation open because I want to see what Tua does. I really want to see what Tua does. I'm, I was very high on Tua and seeing how, in terms of fantasy value and I'm talking fantasy value here. I think that Tua has the intangibles that are similar to me of like a Russell Wilson ish mix with the Kyler Murray ish.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's high praise,
1: man. Yeah. Yeah. He's got those intangibles. Now, can he transition that into the big field? We will see. But I think that he's got those natural abilities to where he can make plays like that. So, yeah. again, I, I made a comparison from Henry Ruggs to a, a Tyreek Evans early on in the podcast, uh, early on in a couple episodes. just And I'm not saying they are exactly, but I'm giving you what they're, the type of abilities that they have. And if they maximize the abilities on a consistent basis, we can see this type of pro bowl level of play.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm i interested to watch Tua as well because I haven't been as high on Tua. Um, and I talked about it last week on my, my solo podcast, which it talked about left-handed quarterbacks. And I think I have a bias towards, uh, you know, against them. So I, I'm excited though. I, ho- I hope he does, you know, produce the way um, many think he can. But to the Herbert talk, you know, I actually think at this point in time, I think I'm more impressed with Herbert because of the weapons he's doing it with and you know we we often we, we say this about the cowboys a lot too we always talk about this is one of the most talented teams in football and i used to hear this all the time about the chargers they're the most you know one of the most talented teams in football but when you actually start to break down their roster and go into the skill positions um, he's already been without austin eckler keenan allen is, is really the only veteran wide receiver that has experience that he's throwing to um, he's thrown to a, a a number of tight ends, so he's playing with Justin Jackson and, and and I don't think that Justin Herbert's weapons are are as good as Joe Burrow's at this point in time. I think Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon, uh, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, and Rich and Rich, um, Higgins, T. Higgins. I would take those weapons over the weapons that that the Chargers have. And that's why I think I'm most impressed with Justin Herbert is the fact that he's doing this and he doesn't really have elite guys. He has Keenan Allen, who obviously elite, but in the backfield, there's nobody elite. Um, Again, another game where he goes 27 to 43, three touchdowns, no picks. He runs for 66 yards and a touchdown. This guy just has something about him that says like winner to me, Like he's going to find a way to win. And when he gets that experience, um, he was going toe-to-toe with guys like Drew Brees, like you said, and Patrick Mahomes, um, and I, I think that says a lot. I think that says a lot. So uh, I think Justin Herbert is the, is the choice here. Obviously, the jury's still out on Tua, and we will see what he does. And, I'm, I, like I said, I'm really excited for that game this weekend. Just to see, first action against Aaron Donald on the Rams on short rest. How does Tua play? Is there going to be some nerves there? And then how does the supporting cast help him, I think, is going to be key as well. Um one other quarterback kind of comparison I wanted to talk about because it, it I would be I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this today after watching last night's Sunday night football game, probably the game of the year thus far. Um and that was the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. We saw uh MVP favorite at, at the time, Russell Wilson game. against Kyler Murray. And can I can I just say this? Kyler Murray, that man, that that dude's gonna be good, bro. Uh he's He's small. He is good, (laughs) but but watching him play football, I'm telling you right now. So I'm I'm gonna throw his name out there, Kyler Murray, 2020 MVP. Is 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 that something you can see? And is this season he's having right now kind of remind you a little bit of what Lamar Jackson did last year?
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, man, it's awfully eerie the feeling that I get that how I had of Lamar last year. And I have Kyler Murray on, on a few of my teams and I'm I'm feeling great. I actually had him in he won me a hundred bucks in DFS. So um he dropped 41 for me, which is awesome. And the the really cool thing about Kyler is that man the guy is confident. He's never came in like the moment is too big. He sits back there at five foot nine, slings the ball all over the field. He finally got a a decent weapon and DeAndre Hopkins and he's utilizing it the way everyone should use, utilize a talent like DeAndre Hopkins. He's going down the field, going toe to toe with an MVP, and the best player in football probably and Russell Wilson. And he he's doing it with, with a smile on his face, dropping dimes. So he loves the game. I, I love his energy. He, he's over here commanding his army and man, Um, To me, I'm looking at dynasty rosters. I'm like, well, is he already ahead of Lamar Jackson at this point? Because sheesh, that's saying a lot already. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of think that Kyler Murray is ahead of Lamar Jackson in terms of dynasty football.
0: It's um, and, it's, and, it's crazy you say that because I I agree I I think right now if I'm starting a dynasty team and I am looking for my quarterback if it's a decision between Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray I think I would go Kyler.
1: Yes, I, I and I and I'm not gonna be against that it's, and it's like crazy after the the year that Lamar had last year but it's like man the way this guy is playing I think he can only get better I think that he's only gonna have um, you know he's only gonna be be able to identify. You know, zone and man defense is quicker. He's going to be able to pick up the blitz and the hot routes. And, man, he's just one of those guys who's a gamer. He's got all – he can make all the throws. He has touch on his passes. And he – you have full confidence in him when he's with the ball. He can score at any moment.
0: Yeah, so, he's, he has – so far this season he has 20 touchdowns, um, both passing and, and rushing combined. Um, and when we look at guys like that, we have to combine them because a lot of times when you get near the goal line – whereas Aaron Rodgers from the one-yard line might, you know, drop back and throw a fade, uh, Kyler Murray might run a read option and, and then just take it in himself. So I, I tend to look at those numbers combined there. He has 20 touchdowns. Um, he has thrown a little bit more interceptions than, than I'd like, but that one game was inflated with, with Detroit. He had a really bad game uh, through three picks. Other than that, he hasn't had more than one in a game. Um, I'm really, really impressed with with what I've seen from him, and I think the passing ability – combined with the rushing ability of a Lamar Jackson is kind of what separates him for me. He's just really active. And I have a question. I I have
1: a question for you. And, and first and foremost, you did say Kyler MVP. I still have Russell Wilson ahead of him this year, but um, that's tomato tomato. Um, what about DK Metcalf getting shut down by Patrick Peterson, old Patrick Peterson? What are your uh, thoughts on that? I, Everyone I was praising him as possibly the best wide receiver um you know best young dynasty guy in terms of wide receiver what are your thoughts
0: i don't i don't look too much into that and i don't think it was so much patrick peterson shutting him down as it was nobody could guard tyler lockett um mm-hmm. i i think i think that was kind of the the game plan is patrick peterson does match up a little bit better with dk um DK is, is faster, but he still takes a while to get out of his breaks, things like that. There's still things he could work on. So that, that fit Patrick Peterson's style a little better. But I think, I think the game plan all along was, who's going to guard Tyler Lockett across the middle of the field? And mm-hmm. the Cardinals seemed to be playing back a lot, giving up the middle of the field, and it allowed you saw even guys like Dan Arnold, who hasn't had a game at all this year, and everybody expected big things from him. He had his best game with a couple of catches for 57 yards. So I think the middle of the field was something that they were exposing, and then Tyler Lockett taking advantage of those other, those other matchups. Um, I, I think it was more game. It,
1: but was that the, the game plan? It was it, it executed correctly. I mean, if you take away DK Metcalf and you make Tyler Lockett eat, 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 I mean, in terms of actual football, I mean, it, it made some sense because it really limited
0: that offense. I mean if you think if you think 34 points is limited I guess I mean let's be honest the <laughs> C- the Seahawks dominated the first half of that game
1: they did they they, did. they looked
0: they looked like they were going to run away with it and then there the if if Russell Wilson doesn't throw the pass that that turnover to Chris Carson where the guy almost runs it back except DK's yeah unbelievable yeah. ability and they go in and score there that game's probably not close so I think I think the game, the way the game kind of just played out, I think DK just wasn't. As well, there as well. was a, there was
1: also a D Hop fumble where they were moving the ball down the field, and D Hop doesn't normally fumble.
0: True, true. So but that, but that was that was a little bit later in the game. I'm just talking early, like, think about it. Yeah, yeah. Tyler yeah, Lockett. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Lockett saw 20 targets yesterday. Yeah. 20 like that. That's not something that's going to happen every game, right? So. I think, I think a lot of it was just, man, they, they saw a matchup. They said, we're going to just take, take care of this matchup and expose it. And maybe the Cardinals were willing to give that up. I don't know. I didn't watch enough of the I, coverage. I, I, I think that should be something to watch
1: moving forward is that if you take away DK and, you know, and you allow Tyler Lockett to go against your number two um, cornerback, we'll see what happens in terms of real football, but that's just, you know, we'll see yeah. what happens. I, I,
0: that was, that was DK's lowest targeted game. So, I, you know, but he's only seen one game where he's had more than 10 targets. The rest of them are like five, six, eight. So it, I think he's that type of guy where he's never going to be a, a 10 to 11 t- target kind of guy. I don't, I don't see that from DK. Not yet. Not yet. Right, right. At this point in his career, I think he's a big play guy still at this point in time. And I think they look to Tyler Lockett to be more that possession guy uh, because he yeah. does work the middle of the field. So, but again, Patrick Peterson played great. I thought he was... You know, he did play great, but let's be honest. He was also on Tyler Lockett on that touchdown catch and he grabbed his face, yeah. mask. So, yeah. so, and the first one when he caught it one-handed. So there were times where he did move around. Um, I just think Tyler Lockett was just locked in him and Russell Wilson have played together for a long time and they have that connection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Now let's get to what I've been wanting to talk about. <laughs> my, my optimal lineup, baby, two weeks in a row. I got the job done. Uh, I know last week you weren't here. I finally got my first win. I had a really good week. And then this past week, uh, you know what? You should feel ashamed of yourself, David. I had two players in my lineup this week that got zero points, two players that got zero mm-hmm. points, Aaron Jones, who didn't end up playing. And then I also had Odell Beckham Jr. And somehow, some way I still got the job done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you had a good start you had uh, Aaron Rodgers which was obviously a good decision Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. lit it up between him and Devontae Adams uh, I'm, I'm mad that I didn't have Adams in my lineup but your running backs kind of let you down you had Zeke and Jacobs and they did not produce mm. no, I did not. <laughs> and then you you know receivers you they, they did okay they had Kenny Galladay you had uh, Terry McLaurin, and then you had Tyreek Evans – or Tyreek Hill. Um, all produced, you know, pretty solid. Um, Evan Ingram, who's been kind of a disappointment this year. But the real big disappointment is the New England defense who gets you negative three points. <laughs> hey, what kind of shit was that, man? What, where is the great Bill Belichick at? Tell, can you explain what Belichick was doing against the Niners and why could he not stop what they were trying to do?
1: it was one of those things where side, eye like uh, the time that Tom Brady was the one that was holding that team together by glue because it seems like they got a lot of the same personnel, but they're not producing at the same clip. So uh, I, I'm concerned that uh, the Bill Belichick days are, uh, he's going to be exposed and he's going to have to have some questions answered about his, his style. And, and if, if he doesn't have a hall of famer like Tom Brady and maybe Tom Brady knew a little bit more than we did and we put a little bit more on on Tom Brady being old or this or that but I think I think I think that's something there yeah
0: Yeah, I I think that's definitely something to watch and the Bill Belichick um you know genius that he is and you know he's always he's, he's still a good coach obviously great coaches find ways to win but I think there's some – there's a disconnect on that team right now, and he's going to have to do some uh, some deep soul searching and figure out is, is Cam the guy they want to go or go with going forward or are they going to be looking elsewhere? Um, so, as we mentioned, on my roster, Aaron Jones, Odell Beckham got me zero. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, big, the big days of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins basically carried my team. And then I told you, if you go against – if you pick a team that's playing the Jets, their defense—they always produce. Buffalo's defense got me 21 points, uh, and, and led me to a win by about. 40. How much did you win by? It was uh, one okay. 124.3 to 110, so 110.32. Okay. So um, it was by 14 points. So now it's five to two. I- I'm I'm working my way back. Uh, I got I got an inch back up in this competition, and um, it's time for this week's pick. So. I've already got my picks laid out here, so I'm gonna go first. Go for it, and then I will let you uh, let you follow. So I'm gonna use your quarterback from last week. I'm gonna go Aaron Rodgers this week. Um, I think after that Tampa Bay loss, I think he he was a little uh, disturbed by the way they lost that game. He gets a nice matchup here against the Minnesota Vikings this week. I know they're coming off a bye week, but their secondary is bad. I'm gonna go Aaron Rodgers there. <clears throat> Uh, running back, I'm actually going to go with Melvin Gordon, who we brought up earlier in the show about Philip Lindsay being out, <laughs> and I, I like the matchup with the Chargers. We just saw James Robinson who who produced against the Chargers. Um, Melvin should see a, a huge workload, uh, so I'm going to go Melvin there, and I'm actually going to go Todd Gurley, <clears throat> which I think is the first time we've used Gurley in the optimal lineup. But I really like the matchup here against the Panthers. Um, you know, we saw Alvin Kamara produce. They they ran the ball for about 25 times for about 130 yards against Carolina combined. So I like Gurley there. I think he'd get in the end zone. For receiver, I am going to go Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, um, again, it's Kansas City and they're playing the Jets, so why not? Uh, DK Metcalf, I'm actually going DK here for a bounce back week against the Niners. Uh, for whatever reason, I like the way he plays against the Niners. I think it's a big division game. I think they'll want to come back, and I think he'll want to produce. So I'm going to go DK there. I'm going Chris Godwin on Monday night against the Giants. I'm looking for James Bradbury, the quote-unquote elite cover corner that couldn't cover Travis Fulgham, um, to lock down Mike Evans. And Mike Evans doesn't seem to be right. I think something's wrong with his hamstring. And I think Godwin uh, gets, gets some work there. And then I'm going to go Darren Waller. And Kansas City's defense, because Kansas City is playing the Jets. So I'm going to keep my running theme mm-hmm. of what I, what I do defensively there. What do you got? All
1: right, well, that is some uh, – you, you took my Melvin Gordon pick. I thought that was a smash pick. I'm going to go – do you have Galladay as well?
0: No, I don't have Galladay this week.
1: Okay. Give me Galladay, Melvin Gordon. Give me – you also have my Tyreek Hill pick Um, against the Jets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go Tyreek. I'm going to go George Kittle. I'm going to go – give me Zeke again. You love
0: going those back-to-back weeks, boy
1: these these guys i don't know if i think i'm just too smart for my britches or what but i hate when they piss me off and i got to double down on these guys i feel like i'm just a week early
0: there you go
1: um and then i'm going to go with I, I, i'm due a running back uh no you need a receiver
0: defense and quarterback
1: let's go aj brown Ooh, A.J. Let's go.
0: I like that pick against the Bengals. I like that.
1: And I'm owed a running back and right?
0: No, uh, defense and quarterback.
1: I'm going to go with, for quarterback, I think I'll take. Well, defense. I should go defense. Let's go with Tampa Bay.
0: Tampa Bay against New York Giants on Monday night. That's a good. That's a good matchup there. Daniel Jones is due for a couple of turnovers. He always is. <laughs>
1: he always is. I'm late. And let's go with for quarterback. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna go with a ringer. Let's go with let's go with my guy. Hmm. I think that
0: shoot. I was looking at the quarterback. Give me Jared
1: Goff. Give me Jared Goff.
0: Jared Goff against the Dolphins. Okay. So we got Aaron Rodgers. Make it interesting. Make it interesting. got Aaron Rodgers, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin, Darren Waller, and Kansas City defense against Jared Goff, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Kenny Galladay, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, George Kittle, and Tampa Bay defense. Look for me to get my third win in a row. In a a row, baby. Three in a row. I
1: can't keep letting you win, Aaron.
0: I'm not about this life. It's time to get back in this race um but other than that man hey look if you guys are on the waiver wire again go get those players we talked about to gus edwards um boston scott um, all, all the guy all the guys we mentioned there make sure you guys go pick them up uh good luck in week number eight we're halfway done uh david and i'll be back next week again you can follow david on at s2 or i'm sorry um at sac, at sac experts on Twitter. At S2 Podcast on Twitter is my, my Twitter page. Sideline to Sideline underscore podcast on Instagram. And again, I just got a brand new creative Facebook page that if you guys want to interact with me, uh, I post all kind of uh, just different things we could talk about topics to, to get the, the chat going and, and hear people's thoughts. Um, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. And until then, good luck on your week eight matchups. David, any parting shots?
1: Man, just keep on checking out what my guy Aaron's putting down. You guys will surely be excited to hear what he's got going on next. I know he's got some works in, you know, really cool stuff in the works. And check me out at SAC Experts on Twitter. And next week I'll be on ready to talk some more football. So um, keep following along the journey, guys. We're having fun talking with you guys. And um, if you guys have questions, be be sure to shoot them towards us because we'll be more than happy to answer them all live or on this podcast
0: yes sir and you know speaking of good things coming up i'm I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there right now we soon uh probably about maybe by week 10 hopefully by week 10 uh for the remainder of this season and then um some some after season stuff when we talk about free agency we'll talk about the draft we'll talk about the combine Uh, i'm gonna be doing a an ig show Uh, it's an in-studio show so it's it's gonna be called sideline to sideline as well Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We'll have a live show. That's going to be a lot of fun, man. We'll have a lot of guests on there. I got some things lining up for everybody. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully in a couple weeks, we'll have that rolling until then. Uh, we'll see you next week.